0: Hey guys, this is Mike Hicks and you're listening to The First Deal Show.
1: Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. to this is your host here Caroline with a k and i've got a very special guest michael hicks on the show today so thank you so much michael for coming on i really appreciate you making the time
0: yeah glad to be here appreciate you putting me on
1: Of course. And we start this show the same way every single time. We always start with the Kiss Me segment. So, Michael, we're going to get to know you a little bit better by asking you some questions that are not necessarily real estate related. And the first one is, what was the first album that you purchased?
0: Man, that's that's way back there. So uh, probably 30 years ago, it would be, uh, I believe it was an Elvis Presley album.
1: Wow. Okay. Very nice.
0: Yeah, Elvis is my jam.
1: (laughs) Was it um, a CD or was it like a record, like a a vinyl? I'm not that
0: old, man. It was a CD.
1: Well, I've had, I'm not saying that you're old. I just, I have had people on the show who like their first album was a vinyl. Someone I think was an eight track, so.
0: I I grew up around, uh, records, vinyl and eight tracks, so I'm familiar. I just, uh, I guess, I guess my first might've been a cassette. It's been, it's been a minute.
1: Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. And what would you say was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate?
0: Uh, You know, at the time, I guess when, when, uh, I was going through it, it would have been, uh, probably, uh, money. And, you know, if you dig a little deeper, I I would say that it was more me and self-limiting beliefs about money than it was about the money. Uh, You know, as I've grown and and developed over the years, I've I've realized that the money is there. Uh, You just got to know where to find it. Uh, But I went for uh, several years blaming the the bank uh, because they wouldn't lend money to me or uh you know I didn't have the the financials to uh to go to the banks and and get the uh the loans that i I felt that I needed to uh grow my real estate portfolio and uh, you know when I finally realized that there's uh, more money out there than uh than i i could uh put to work then uh realized where to go to get it, that was the game changer
1: hmm okay well, maybe we'll have to dig into that a little bit later. Cause I think that's a it's big problem a big that a lot into. of people face. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, there's this idea that like, okay, if the bank's not going to lend you money, why would anyone else lend you money?
0: Sure. You know, and, and I grew up, you know, my dad was the, uh, he worked at uh, a, a job at W2 and my mom raised us and, uh, I'm sure she worked harder than he did, but the, um, you know, he, he at the top of his career brought home forty thousand a year you know right as he was retiring and that was mid 90s so you know I grew up with the the thought that forty thousand dollars a year was a lot of money because you know we had nice things but looking back it was because of the things that my parents did not because of what where they worked you know it was the uh, the sacrifices that they made. Uh, That was what allowed us to to have things and uh, and live, you know, a
1: little
0: live a little above our means, not in the sense of lavish items. But, uh, you know, my mom would uh, she tells the story of my dad would carry roofing shingles on the roof uh, of the house they were building for us uh, at night when he was off. And then she would nail them on during the day while he was at work. So, you know, things like that, that they were willing to do to sacrifice to, to make sure we did have, uh, those were great life lessons.
1: Wow. So your parents were real estate investors?
0: No, no, they, uh, I mean, they did uh, buy uh, real estate here and there. Uh, my dad was a postman, uh, but they, they were building the their, their home, you know, at the time. Uh, For the family and and that's you know, that's kind of the things they would do they hand dug a swimming pool and they You know roofed their own house and and did certain things in the house as it was being built to save money and uh, You know do what they needed to do
1: Wait a minute. They did all of this before there was Google and YouTube.
0: Oh, yeah Yeah, (laughs) it it was ask a friend back then
1: Wow, and where are you based i We didn't get into that part yet, but where are you located, and where do you invest?
0: So we're in Northwest Georgia, just uh just across the Tennessee line uh from Chattanooga, so I can be in Chattanooga in five minutes, but my investments are uh ninety nine percent in in the Northwest Georgia area so.
1: Wow, and so is that where your parents like built their home
0: it is same same town. I've been here for forty years forty two years I guess.
1: Oh wow! Haven't found
0: anything to pull me away yet. Um.
1: (laughs) So, what's something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you?
0: Mm, TikTok. You know, I I fought the TikTok craze and the the TikTok urge for for years because I thought it was a place for teenagers to act goofy. But uh, I picked it up and started messing with it a little bit, and uh, it's it's done done well for our business and. And brought clients and customers so it's been a a benefit to me
1: oh wow that's really cool you i think you're the first guest who's mentioned TikTok, (laughs) because i'm just like you i avoided that thing like the plague and then last year i like started getting into it
0: yeah it's kind of embarrassing when we have we have guests you know so our our focus is uh unique short-term vacation rentals and uh it's funny our guests will will call and then they'll, they'll hesitantly say, I found you on TikTok and you know, it's like they, they're embarrassed <laughs> to mention it. Uh, but it, it has it has worked well for our business.
1: That is awesome. What is your favorite quote?
0: Uh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and poverty will come on you like a thief. Uh, and I feel like that applies to uh, our health and our wealth our businesses uh you know if you get comfortable and and uh, start letting things go and uh it doesn't take long to uh to fall out of the fold and and uh, lose track and lose sight of your goals and uh lose your health and your wealth
1: and i think i needed to hear that today so thank you
0: not a problem
1: um so with all of that being said we've warmed you up you're a little bit more comfortable right i got to know some things about you and the 402 of course so now we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty about your first deal so mike michael tell us what was your first deal experience
0: man you know so it, it goes back i wanted to buy real estate or i wanted to buy real estate starting at about 14 years old uh i just i had seen my parents you know buy and flip a mobile home or buy a lot and put a mobile home on it and uh my dad was a mailman so he would you know see things on his mail route and you know ask about it or find out and and then he would uh you know buy a house and and then make a rental property and you know that whole thing so i i I had been around it but it was never a uh plan for them to say okay this is going to be my career you know they just okay, we'll add three or four and, and help uh, with our retirement. So I, I had seen what real estate could do uh, at an early age. So I, I was on them about, you know, I want to buy a house or I want to buy a mobile home. Will you help me? Will you help me? No, you know, you're not ready yet. You're not old enough, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so the whole time, you know, I would sit sit on the couch next to my dad when he he would get, the, he can talk about before Google and before YouTube, before Bigger Pockets. You know, this is mid-90s, I would sit on the couch and he would have the the classified papers. You know, We'd have a newspaper and it would come with uh, the classified ads every week. And uh, on Sunday, we would get that classified paper. And that's where I would look for properties. And I would kind of just go through the list and then I would say, hey, dad, what about this one? What about this one? And he'd say, well, that one's in a floodplain or that one's in a, a bad area or, you know, and just start giving me you know, kind of an idea of what areas I need to look in to to find a house, even if I wasn't ready to buy one uh, financially at the time. But uh, I guess, you know, at at 19, uh, I had gone to college. I spent six months uh, going to college and realized real quick it wasn't for me. So I came back home and uh, I actually started building a house, uh, new construction, before I bought my first uh, house. But... The I, I was home for about three months, I guess, and I found a, a HUD home uh, and that was uh, housing and urban development. They put their, their foreclosed homes on their website and uh, you bid on them. But I had spent that, that five or six years developing a, a kind of a, a sense of price, a sense of location that I wanted to be in and um, was able to know, okay, this is a decent deal, a decent area, make a good solid rental. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so I made an offer, uh, we, we got the, the offer accepted and moved forward with the deal. Uh, it was 32,500 for a two bedroom, uh, meal house that needed, you know, probably 10,000 in repairs back then. And I, I did them, uh, while living there and, uh, you know, so it was a kind of a live in fix and flip rental. It just kind of morphed into whatever it needed to be to make it work at the time, but, um, we went through that one and, uh, I guess we lived there two years and then rented it for two years and then sold it. Uh, but that, that, was kind of the, the progression up to it. The, the time spent, uh, behind the scenes, kind of learning the, the areas, learning the ropes, learning the comps, you know, it wasn't easy to pull comps back then without calling a realtor, or, uh, or just, you know, having a good feel for the area.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it sounds like you got into this because you watched your parents and then you go to school, you decide, eh, it's not for me. I'm going to co- come back home." And then you're like looking for properties not online, but on through the newspaper to find mm-hmm. your first deal. The Is newspaper right?
0: and driving for dollars. And then
1: you Oh, okay. And like fortunately your dad's a mailman so he has all this insider knowledge so like were you looking to buy a property somewhere on his route or it ended up being that you had to go further out and like you know how did you have the confidence i mean i don't know i can't even imagine what it was like to look at properties back then because you have to call someone like you know i heard that there used to be binders that you had to flip through the pages to like you know, even see what's on there. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, you'd have to call the call the agent, and you would have to, uh, or either go in an office and see what's on uh, available at the time, and then, uh, you know, I think we made two or three offers before we got that one accepted. But it was outside of his his route, but it was uh, uh, an area that you know he was familiar with, so it was, uh, you know, I felt I felt confident, but still having you know him behind me to say, yeah, that's a that's a decent buy. Um, you know, it was good to have that, that extra boost of confidence behind me and, you know, having their support to say, yeah, you know, you're doing the right thing, uh, meant a lot too.
1: Yeah, that's great. Cause I think most people don't have that. And so they're afraid to like make that first step. Right. So because you've seen your parents do it, they have the experience. So you feel like, okay. I can do this because they'll back, they're backing me up. So now how did you finance that first deal? So that one I
0: was able to just go in and, uh, and get a bank loan. Um, well, it was, uh, I guess a mortgage broker. Uh, I applied and, uh, and was able to get that, uh, that loan through that mortgage broker. It was a 30, 30 year note. And then, uh, like I said, I get, yeah, we stayed there four years and then and moved on from that one. Uh, but while we were there, uh, we went and talked to the neighbor next door, and you know, he saw me fixing up uh, that house. And, and well, we're getting ready to sell ours if you're interested. And, and so I, I worked out a seller finance deal with them and uh, ended up having about seven houses on that street until about two years ago. And actually, bought the first house again in 2018. We had sold it and then uh, bought it again in 2018. That's yeah, I, I, And I, I didn't really need it or want it, but I thought, how cool would it be to buy this house again? <laughs> so, it, it was a good rental. <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: Okay. So then you, from word of mouth, all your neighbors are like, oh, this guy did a great job. We got to get him to buy our house too, because he'll take care of it. And so they, you bought seven of the houses on the same mm-hmm. street?
0: It's just uh, you know one 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 or two every oh year or two gosh. you know it's just uh and I still I still get those phone calls hey you know are you interested in buying this house or my grandmother's selling her house and that, and that's the 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 big piece of it is you know doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it and you develop that reputation especially you know we are right up against Chattanooga but uh, you know my my little town is uh, you know about forty five hundred people so. If, uh, word travels fast, and and uh, you know you just got to become the go-to. There's there's plenty to do in your in a ten mile radius. So then, I'm sorry. What is? I yeah, said no, there's there's enough to do in a ten mile radius of of most people. And, you know if you're if you're in a, a city like this there's enough to do within a 10 mile radius with, you know, I see all these people going nationwide. And if that's what, if that's what you want to do, if that's, if that's your business model and you want to own, you know, 200 houses across the United States, go for it. But, uh, I'm of the mindset that, you know, 10 to 20 houses paid, paid, uh, paid for free and clear creates a great lifestyle. Uh, and you know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need the excess. Uh, I'm not saying if, if, if somebody feels like they do need it and they want to go that far, then then by all means go that far. It's just not, it's not for me. So don't, uh, that'd be a, a piece of advice that I would give is don't compare yourself to what others are doing. If, you know, everybody's having this door conversation, how many doors do you have? How many doors do you have? And, you know, we had, uh, we had 45 doors and sold all, but uh, about 10 of them. And exchanged in the storage facility well so now i have 10 doors or 11 doors but but the income is three times what it was with the 45 doors so what you know h- how relevant is that door conversation so don't get caught up in that that conversation and um i, I don't think it's healthy mentally to to be wrapped up in that uh, that number Uh, make it make it more of an income goal than a a number of properties goal because you know my three uh two-bedroom homes might bring in the same income as your one four-bedroom home and that it just uh you know i just not a conversation i enjoy having
1: yeah and i think that's a great point um i I actually have had a few guests who only have maybe three to five doors and they've already quit their jobs so I think that to kind of echo what you're saying, it is so important for people to not get wrapped up in that numbers game cuz the numbers don't matter, right? It's all about what do you want out of this life and what do you want to make in your real estate investing journey, not what are other people doing and you know, comparing the yardsticks of like how much further this person is cuz they have x number of doors
0: like it doesn't well, definitely. matter at the, end and, of the day. You know, going back to the mindset thing, the, me thinking that 40,000 a year was a lot of money. You know, I'm, I was targeting properties, houses that I thought I could afford. So I was buying houses that were thirty to forty thousand dollars. Well, guess what? They, those don't appreciate as fast as the the one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty thousand three bedroom starter home. You know, that's uh, that's meant for a family. And it's no it's no easier, no harder to, to operate a three bedroom, uh, one hundred twenty thousand dollar home as it is a a two bedroom, $40,000 home. In fact, you're getting a better tenant with the more expensive property and uh, dealing with less headaches. So that would be the other thing I would, I would suggest is, you know, go for a a better quality home uh, when you're starting out and, and, you know, shoot for 10 uh, higher quality homes instead of 20 lower caliber homes. Uh, You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with the war zone properties if I had to do it again. Oh no, I was just gonna say if you know if you're starting out with uh, a portfolio of of uh, war zone properties and you know you come into a, a a time in the market like we've had in the last two years, that's the time to sell those properties and and exchange into uh, a better property. So you know get rid of ten war zone for five. Uh, you know nicer homes and you're gonna you know yeah you're getting rid of a few doors but your income is going to be the same your equity will be similar uh it's just a good time to do that but you know going back to uh what was your question about the the property when i repurchased it
1: oh yeah i was just curious did they make a lot of changes like since you guys you know, after you purchased and sold, like, and then brought it again, was it totally? No, it had been let go quite a bit. You know,
0: it was, uh, um, I don't think it had been painted since we sold it. And I, you know, it, it ended up being a foreclosure. But the people we sold it to uh, lost it uh, and we bought it back out of the foreclosure company. It is. It is. So we had to, had to remodel it again.
1: So, yeah, I think you gave us some really great piece of advice um, in regards to how like what people should focus on oh um okay so you bought this house Uh, how many years ago
0: 2001 and then again in 2018.
1: in 2001 can you just talk to us a little bit about what interest rates were like because I think a lot of people are freaking out now that interest rates are at what like seven percent but can you give you know I think people forget that like real estate moves in cycles right and yeah. So what, what were the interest rates or what was the interest rate when you initially bought that first house? If you remember.
0: I, right off hand, I feel like it was about eight and a quarter. So it was definitely higher than it is now. Uh, so, yeah, it, of course, we don't like to see the interest rates raise, rise and, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's part of that cycle. You know, it's great. Um It's great to buy while we're down and, you know, it's just, uh, it's driven the price of (laughs) the prices of housing up so high that, uh, you know, I feel like the value is there on the houses, but when they come in and, and, uh, raise these rates like they do, I mean, it definitely drops the value of these homes. So it, it just, uh, I, I want to caution everyone on, um, equity and, and utilizing that equity because that, that's something that I saw uh, in the last recession, the Great Recession. But, you know, everybody was leveraging their properties and refinancing every, you know, they're refinancing every three or four months and the rate dropped they, and, the, and the prices went up on the houses. They just, they pulled more and more cash out. And then when the, uh, the market dropped, you know, these banks went back to these, to these borrowers and said, Okay, you know, your house was worth two hundred, it's now worth a hundred. Uh, we need that difference in equity paid to the bank to keep the loan in good standings, or you have to give the house up. And that you know, I saw a lot of you know, that's a drastic example, two hundred to hundred, but I saw a lot of friends that were builders at the time that had to hand over all their keys and a lot of people that had rental properties that were that were paying their notes on time every every month. But because the balance sheet at the bank didn't work out, they were having to turn over their properties uh, because they couldn't come up with you know two or three hundred thousand in cash to go and and uh, pay the difference in the in the loss of equity in all these properties to make it still an eighty twenty loan. So you know I'm a little more conservative when I'm borrowing and and I I won't pull out any more than sixty sixty five percent. And um, you know that's probably held me back some, but it's it's not going to hurt me whenever things. Uh, slow down so you know i'm not saying hold it at 60 65 but i would not go and borrow uh all the equity out of a property and and uh to go buy more properties uh and then do it again but you know i'm starting to see friends that are struggling to make their payments now when you know the friends that are investing in in uh hot market short-term rentals that that now aren't booking and uh you know they're struggling to pay their mortgages so you know just be leery of that and uh, you know, referencing, uh, interest rates, you know, those are the things that, that stand out to me. Uh, what, what can happen when those corrections are, when the corrections do happen? Uh, it's not, it's not a pretty sight.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great piece of advice. So thank you. Um, considering you have such a long history in the game, right? Um, it's, and I, that's why I appreciate you coming on because a lot of I don't know that everyone that's been on the show has had, you know, 30 plus years of experience in real estate. So thanks. Um, And with all that being said, what would be the best way for the 402 to reach out to you if they want to get to know more about you or you know, if they want to link up with you and see what you're doing?
0: I probably uh, Facebook, I guess would be the easiest way Facebook or uh, or or uh, Tiktok or Instagram.
1: And um, what are your handles?
0: Facebook is just uh, Michael Hicks. Uh, Instagram and TikTok are uh, find your repurpose.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Uh, that was my midlife crisis. You know, I'm just kind of coming to uh, the point where I've, I've I've been building houses and flipping houses and renting properties uh, for for the last 20 years and. uh you know it's kind of to the point where I'm ready to do something that I enjoy a little more and I and I enjoy this but uh so you know I'm focusing on short term rentals unique short term rentals we're building houses out of shipping containers and tree houses and A frames and every project is different so that's kind of me finding my my second go at it and my my repurpose repurposing my my vision
1: Yeah that sounds really cool And so, thanks again for coming on. And there you have it, 402. Uh, If you want to reach out to Michael Hicks, you can find him online. That's all, folks. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So, follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal, story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.